kids are getting old. I mean, y'all are getting old. I'm just, kidding, just kidding, Scotty. You're young youth. Because if I say you're old, I'm really old. Amen. So uh, all I need to know, amen, that sounds like a parenting statement, right? I told you and that's all you need to know, right? Just I said it. That's all you need to know. Uh, most kids feel like they need things uh, described to them. Most uh, spiritual kids feel like they need things uh, described to them as well. But it is all I need to know. God will always give us what we need to know. And whatever God has shown you, that's plenty. 
That's more than enough. And, and so we have to use what God has already shown us, and it will bring forth the rest. The minute we start to search for more than that, we realize those were things uh, get into trouble. So we're going to go right into Genesis and, and deal with Eve. And, and when the devil came to attack Eve, and this is one of the areas he attacked her with, was wanting to get her to know more than what God had already spoken. Uh, for God doth know that in the day ye eat thereof, then your eyes shall be opened, and you shall be as gods, knowing good and evil. How many of y'all know there's some good you don't need to know, and there's some evil you really don't need to know, right? There's just some stuff you don't need to be open up to. I've watched people get addicted to being opened up to things that they were not mentally ready for. This is where we talk about next week when we get all these, the week after next, we talk about underage drinking. The mind gets opened up to things that they're not ready for. Yeah, they're knowledgeable. They got some knowledge. They can say they did it, but now they're open up to something they can't get rid of. They're open up to a death. They're open up to a perception of a law of addiction, the law of, of things. That, and we even do that with our kids spiritually. Uh, anything they start to look into, uh, look into things that they listen to. And, and even as adults, you guys, it would the same way. If you open your mind and your eyes up to pornography, you've got this world that begins to open up. My psychotic biological father, I say psychotic, he really had a lot of wisdom. He just used it in the wrong direction. Uh, with prostitution and what he would say was if I can get them to open their eyes to what they think I am they'll believe it they think I'm a father to them if I can get them to see me as their father they'll do whatever I tell them and give me the money for it oh, that was crazy in the 70s. Tell you what if the streets will talk to us like that we better be talking to our kids Amen? And do that. I thought, man, this dude is out there, but psychologically, he had a gift. He just using it like Lex Luthor instead of Superman. And then the woman saw that the tree was good for food and that it was pleasant to the eyes and a tree to be desired to make one wise. She took of the fruit thereof and did eat and gave also unto her husband with her, and he did eat as well. Father, we just thank you, Lord. Give us all that we need, Lord. Help us to use what we have, Lord God, that we live in our present, Lord God, and understand that you're taking care of the future and you definitely have already dealt with the past. That we believe, Lord God, that you've made us possible to sit in your presence and enjoy who you are. We thank you for your word today. In Jesus' name, amen, amen, amen. Uh, he is really like, you know, the enemy does the same things. The schemes are not differently. The devices are not differently. And that's why in Isaiah, it says that we're going to look and say, this is the thing I let deceive me. I got deceived by this. This was the, this was these, this is the stuff that deceived my parents. This is the thing that deceived, and I let this thing get me as well. And so you have to come back and, and look at it and say, what is it really trying to open me up to? What is it really trying to tell me that I can't do? And what is it really trying to tell me that I need to see? That's, it's basically sometimes instead of having my eyes open, really what's going to happen is he's going to expose our eyes to things that are going to create strongholds. Most mistrust is eyes being open to things that were being searched for instead of just trusted in. Now, exposed eyes are usually a way the enemy wants to bring up shame and try to order, order your life for failure, right? So God told Adam and Eve, that it says that he created them both, male and female. They were naked, and then he says, and they were unashamed, right? So he was like made a point to say, I, the one thing I don't want you to be, and you guys have heard me say this over and over again, I don't want you to be ashamed. How I many of y'all know shame is bad? God could have said anything there after he created the first human beings ever and says, I want you to be miracle workers or fix the garden or whatever. But he says, I want you not to be ashamed. Because we know when shame kicks in, number one, we start to doubt that whether we can do anything good or whether we are anything good. And God is saying, I need your eyes open to who I am, not to what you are. They said, we're, once they ate this fruit, what was it that they said? We're naked and we hit ourselves. And the last thing God wanted us ever to do is to hide ourselves. 
He never wanted that. He says, man, I, all you need to know is that I made you. You're here. You're in my garden. You're in my paradise. We're good. I don't care what anybody else tell you. That's what we have to say to our students. I don't care what they say at the school. I had you. You're my child. You're smart enough. You're gifted enough. Get in there and learn. Now, when you get home, study like you are my child. <laughs> study like I told you to do your homework. But it's a life. What he wants you to do is fail. And he wants you to look at things and look at others that are seemingly better to you than what you already have. And it's really God has given you what you need. If you pursue it, if you pursue something outside of what you have or what you have already been provided with, it is called extra, and we can call it, let's call it extracurricular, which means you have to go and study a new manual on how to deal with this extra part of your life. So part of what we get to do, it's kind of like me and Ms. Rita, we always joke around, I don't want another one. There's too much to learn. This is good. I'm just now still learning this one. We're good. All right? These are, this is mine. She is mine. I don't want to go find out something else. Uh, he, he don't want to go to another family. Too difficult to learn another dad. This one's enough. And what we've tried to do and what we believe, not tried to do, what we believe we've done is shown and thank God for what we've got and not try to add to what he's already blessed. Right? The Bible clearly says in Revelations, don't add anything to it. Don't take anything away from it. And it was talking about the word of God, right? And a lot of times if we try to add to it to say, hey, look, I want to make, make this thing more exciting. Or I want to make this thing more valuable. I, I want to make justice more smart. Well, justice does robotics on Saturday. That's more than I ever did. That's more than I did on a weekday. So <laughs> academically, I look up to his efforts. But there's still, that don't mean I let him run off and run the family. Amen? Just because he's good in that area don't mean he's a better father than I am. All right? He can't be. I'm his father. All right? Maybe when he has his kids, he'll be a better father. I doubt it. But, but when he has his kids, because I'm so good, there's so much to look up to or look at because now he's looking down at me. But what we want to do with our kids is tell them that we love them. And so uh, after Jairus football game, it was, it was so telling. I was thinking about uh, Chris and Miss Jessica, because I can see their stuff, and, and we were at uh, the place we went to go eat, and one of uh, one of the girls in Jairus Powell class, she works at this place, and so and I don't know how she gets any work done, because every time we come in there, she sits down there and talks, and, and dude is not interested at all in that area, other than we can be friends and from afar, that's it. But she sat down and she go, look, you know, she was asking me how's it going because she's sitting and she's heard me speak and I was like, oh, it's good. And, and we're talking about these shoes that Jaira wanted. And uh, she goes, well, why do you do that? And I said, well, because he's my son. I just wanna, he's my son. And she goes, man, that makes me wanna cry. So my dad has never wanted to just do something for me. So we're saying he's a good, good father. That's who he is. He's perfect in all his ways. And she's just like, I, man, she goes, I, you know, she had to get up and go to work. So, you know, just, it makes me want to cry. And that's all I can think of is I want to do it because that's my child. I want to do it because it's my son. I want to do it for Rita because she's just my wife. I don't need to know more. I don't need extra. I just want to do that because. Because. God wants to bless you because. God wants you not to be ashamed because. He's your God. You're his people. And he, he wants to just love on you and, and bring you together in such a way that it brings back restoration and peace. Proverbs chapter 4, verse 25 through 27 says, let, not, let thine eyes look right on and let thine eyelids look straight before thee. And have you guys ever been, and I know you have been, but you won't admit it, but I've talked to people who have had things hanging out of their nose. If you don't know them well enough, do you tell them? Do, if you don't know them well enough, do you go, do you do signals? Now, I, there are times, as bold as I am, I don't have, like, I see some of y'all like, yeah, I just, hey, man, I can't hear a word you saying, that thing, and if it blows out of your nose, I don't know what we're going to do with that, right? You know, or they ate salad and stuff is still green in there. It just, you're, you're like, and so for me, I'm a very distracted person. Now, I will stare at it the entire time, like, Wow. 
And I don't want to give myself away. So if I'm staring at you, you may just say, hey, excuse me for a minute and go check. Because I don't have the nerves to tell you that there's a whole spider web investigating. Now, some of y'all right now, because you're so insecure, is checking yourself. It is like, some of y'all are like, oh. Now, now, this is terrible. This is terrible. I'm going to admit, this is terrible. What I used to do at people at my office, at my old job, I used to go to people and I would sit in front of them and I would just, this, I know it's bad. I know this is wrong. And I would talk to them and, and before long they were, and I would rub even harder and they would rub harder. That's bad, ain't it? That's bad. And I think when we have confidence, we don't want to be copying other people. And if we teach our kids confidence, we won't, they won't be copying other people either. And that's just a deal. I would have a group of people watching me do this to people. I said, watch this. I'm going to make them rub their nose because they're going to think something's in it. Not because they feel anything, but they're going to be watching me. And, and just start subtle, like. Just. And before long, there. <laughs> We could sit there for, I'd do it for at least 10 minutes. God's like, you know, if you put that much effort into (laughs) messing with people, how much more would you pray for people if you were directed in the right way? Can it be as fun as watching somebody pick their nose, God, when ain't nothing in there? He says, no, but it won't be as much of a waste of time either. And I think what where God is saying is, all you need to know is, when you left a mirror, you knew it was clean. Why are you letting someone else distract you? I see a lot of single people trying to go and know something that God has already provided for them. Married people trying to know something. Children trying to know something that their parents have already tried to explain to them. Here's what you need to do. You don't need to go out and find out more. I've given you what you need to know. It says, ponder the path of thy feet and let all thy ways be established. Turn not to the right hand nor to the left. Remove thy feet from evil. Move thy feet from evil. For, for me to be able to see a, 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 a great church, which I do, I believe we're a great church. I can't go around staring and lusting after other churches. I wish we was this. No, we are who we are. We're who God has called us to be, right? But if I go over there and I'm starting to covet, as the Bible says for us not to do what they've done, I'm missing what God has called us to do. Jesus shows us all that we need to see for living out his purpose in life. So he's given me what I need to see. Here's my purpose. Tori, you're not going to be any taller. Five, six is all you got. Work with it. Work with five, six. Dream about six, three, but work with five, six. Satan wants us to believe there is more to see behind an unknown decision rather than living in God's truth of what he has already shown us. Right? Behind door number three is what? I don't have to guess what door number three because I know what God number one has already blessed me with. I don't have to go searching behind that door. God has already given me all I need. I don't need to bid for a higher price on the price is right. Because you've heard the statement, the grass is not always greener on the other side. And even if it's green, what makes grass grow is usually manure anyway. So you could plant yourself in garbage or fertilizer and try to grow from fertilizer. But God is saying, I've given you a truth. If you obey me, you obey the truth. And the truth will make you free. Sometimes the truth makes some people mad. Right? You can tell people the truth. and I can't believe you said that. Oh, you didn't want to know the truth then. You wanted me to be on your side. So what God wants us to know that he will show it to us. And what God has kept us from seeing is protecting us from being ashamed. Protecting us from being ashamed. Um, I, the, the, uh, this preacher and I, right before I was getting ready to do uh, Abel's funeral, he said, to, he said to me, he says, Pastor, uh, 
man, you know, I'm praying for you. I think you're going to do a great job today. He says, you know, when people come to me and say, I just wish I knew why, he says, I always say, and then what? It wouldn't change it. What would you do with why? What would you do with why? We used to ask that all the time. What would we do we found out, you know, obviously just recently that there's, we found out somebody know who, who murdered my brother. And, and my mom says, that's it. That's between you and whoever. Don't tell me no name. Don't tell me anything. I don't want to know. That's between y'all. And I pray for him forgiveness and I pray for you forgiveness and all that stuff. But, but what's the point of knowing why? So I can be ashamed more? So I can be, feel like why you didn't want me to start with. And, and God, is, God is saying, I don't need you to know why. I just need you to know who I am. Just know who God is. And God is the author and finisher of our faith. So we know shame is, is such a terrible thing. And, and one of the things that he wants to use is to make you feel ashamed. Our, our children who won't hold their heads up, they feel ashamed. Like, oh, I did something so bad. And you're like, man, you're my child. I'm going to love you. I'm going to love you. God tells that to us. I'm going to love you. And sometimes we duck our heads and feel like, God, how can you love me? He said, how can I not love you? His love is that big. All right? And then when God starts measuring love, how deep, how wide, it's unmeasurable is the love of God. All right? In 2 Corinthians chapter 5, verse 20 through 21, it says, now then we are ambassadors for Christ. As though God did beseech you by us, we pray you in Christ's stead, be ye reconciled to God. For he hath made him to be sin for us, who knew no sin, that we might be made the righteousness of God in him. So Jesus was made to be sin. Well, God, Jesus, what all did you go through so I don't have to sin? Well, we don't really have to, we don't have to know the details to that. All we have to do is live in what we have. I did not need to go searching the history of my biological temptations to know that they were there. Unfortunately, they were put before me at four years old. At a four-year-old, is more impressive that when they begin to show you things, it takes years to get images and sights out of your mind until God comes in and then begins to show you new focus. And even then, you have to not. Go back into other things. There's one of the greatest things that we must understand is that after Adam and Eve knew the truth, the enemy came after they knew the truth, which means I want to mess with you after you know better so I can keep you down longer. See, because if I can get you to mess up after you know better, I can get you to think there's no way you're ever going to do better. Right? How many of y'all have ever messed up after you knew better? Right? And those of you who didn't raise your hand, you're messing up right now. We all have done it, and so what we have to do is get back up and follow after God. We have to get back up and say, God, I love you. We ran into one of our old youth group, one of our kids, are, they're adults now from youth group, and they say the same thing. Y'all look the same. What does that mean? You tell me I look 50 years old, 25 years ago? That I say it every time. Why do you say that? What were you expecting? What were you expecting to see out of us? I want to know. That kind of ruins the, the meeting a little bit. He goes, no, y'all just look the same. And I was like, well, we're still in the same blessing that God called us to be in. Right? We're not going out to pursue something Younger or better, we're living into the blessings of God. An ambassador, as the scripture says, an ambassador, if you uh, go look up what an ambassador does, an ambassador is living in another country. An ambassador doesn't live off the country that they're in. They live off of the country that they're from. We're ambassadors of heaven. We're not living off the resources of where we are. Right? So you look at, even if we, we have an ambassador over in, in, in Puerto Rico, and when they're going through all that they're going through, the ambassador that's from the United States is living off the resources from the United States not the things that are limited in the country that they're in, right? In any country that they're in. You are not living, you don't, you're, you are not out of answers for your kids. You have the resources of heaven. You're not out of answers for your marriage. You have the resources of heaven. In this world, if you look at the world, you're out of resources. 
for, for your situation. You're out of resources. My kid is on drugs. I'm out of resources. My kid is in trouble. I'm out of resources. My marriage is in trouble. I'm out of resources. No, your resources are not from here. Your resources are from heaven. He says, thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. The Lord's prayer. It's the Lord's prayer. So I'm an ambassador of Christ, right? I'm, I'm, I'm out of earthly ideas, but I'm not done because my rest of my stuff is coming from heaven anyway. I do not have to live off of that. I not have to live off of what God has, has. I mean, I don't have to live off of what the world offers me. I can live off of what God has already done through me. So Satan uses the same argument that he presented to Eve in that you, in that, in you that about what's around you. He uses your surroundings. So my surroundings are what I need. So, but God says, learn to have what I have put within you. So if I learn with what's within me, I don't have to live and deal with I not necessarily don't have to deal with it, but I don't have to settle for what's around me because God is within me. For greater is he that's within me than he that's within the world. This world will never have more for us as believers than God has provided. Okay, I'll help you out. Amen. Because the, the world wants to tell you, I got more for you than what Jesus has for you. I have more for you than purity. I have more for you than godliness. I have more for you. There's more fun and you being out of your mind than I have for you being sober and in your right mind. And the world is trying to provision you or put you in a position to say, hey, look, here's what you could have. And God says, look at what you already have. You already are a champion. You don't need to go raise your stakes by lowering your standards. Right? The only stakes you will raise is your mistakes takes if you lower your standards the goal of the enemy is to open our eyes to things around us and lose the vision of God within us this is why on Saturday we're going to talk about spiritual gifts I don't think that there are times I don't think people realize how gifted they really are I don't think they are. The, this little, um, I was telling Chris about little paralyzed kids at, at Jaira's school. He'll graduate with Jaira, and they play together. He came to me in his wheelchair on Friday night at the football game, and he was just talking to me. He goes, are you a scout or something? And I go, no, that's my son that plays. Oh, Jaira is your son. Oh, I know him. I know him. And then he just starts talking. And, you know, you don't walk away from a kid in a wheelchair talking to you. You're like, hey, I got to go. Talk to that guy over there. But he's talking to me, and he's just like, yeah, man, I just tell him, like, you know, I would love to be on the sidelines jumping around with them, but I'm glad to be alive and be able to see it. He says, some days I'm, I'm going to be in broadcasting. I'm going to tell everybody, you know, how to stay focused and how to enjoy what you have. He says, when I could walk, I was making mistakes. And now that I'm in a wheelchair, he says, I begin, I can see clearly. I was like, man, yeah, that's, that's awesome. That, see that guy over there? And he knew the guy I was trying to read. I said, I need to go talk to him. Me too. But then he kept talking. I was like, okay, I, I'm not leaving this spot at the game. And so, and I, I mean, I get to walk out on the field and, and just talking to him, listen to him. And I had been complaining. I had been complaining because I was tired. I just drove in from uh, Lake Jackson. And all I got to do was change clothes and go straight to the game parenting and I know parents do it all the time and here I was like I'm so tired and here's this kid rolls up in a wheelchair who cannot move the way we all can move but has more passion for life right why God why does he have to be in a wheelchair and he goes I know all I need to know is that I still got potential and I still got opportunities and I'm going to take the best and make the best of my opportunities. I do want you to know wherever you feel like you're limited at, use your vision. Because God is trying to show you something. Maybe you're limited to the one family that you have. Thank God. Use your vision. Limited to the one spouse. Thank you, Jesus. Use your vision. This is Ms. Rita this morning. This is a good sermon. <laughs> you're like, I didn't expect you to say anything otherwise. But it's amazing that there are some families never hear that. Never hear that. It is so important that we recognize the greatness God has put within us uh, so that the deception to go after something better will always be exposed. 
So when I know there's greatness in me and something, the world comes up to me and go, oh man, that's greater. No, it can't be greater than what's already in me. Can't be greater than that. Hundred and, <laughs> I was complaining to Brad while we were working out yesterday, 133 third, fourth, and fifth graders. It's Friday. Had them from 9 a.m. to 2 p.m. They screamed every time I said something. Hey, we're going to do this activity. Ah! I, I was like, oh, my gosh. Like, I've run 10 miles. I, I ran uh, six miles this morning. I, I was nearly as exhausted as I was getting in the car just trying to overcome. Ah! Ah! And then at the end, they got now, after a while, you have a buffer zone. As they get to know you, they get closer and closer. And I felt so disgusted. They're just sticky and sweaty, and they're just touching. Mr. Tour, take a picture with us. Take a picture. And I'm just like, get away from me. That's the way I felt by the time it was all done. And the little girls were so thirsty. It's <laughs> another word for needy. And I'm like, nobody's showing them any love. Mr. Mr. Take a picture with me. I'm like, what are you doing with the iPhone? You're in the third grade. My mom just goes out and my, my mom's so busy chasing me. And, and the little boys are so like, Mr., you love me, don't you? You love me. I'm like, I'm a dark in my head. I don't even like you right now. I want to go home. And, and so as, as I'm standing there, now I'm telling y'all what was in me that I didn't say that out loud to them. Hopefully you know that. Um, and they just were attached, fighting for one man's time. What if it's the wrong guy? And what's usually what's happened is a lot of times kids get caught by the wrong person. That's not saying anything to encourage them, but saying things to lead them astray. Right? I think God puts us in position. God, why don't I have a better life? Why do I have to do this life? He says, because I need you in position so people can live out their purpose. Right? So I, I don't want to distract you from where you are, but I want you to know you need to enjoy your place. In 2 Corinthians chapter 4, verse 16 through 18, for which cause we faint not, but though our outward man perish, yet the inward man is renewed day by day. For our light afflictions, which is but for a moment, worketh for us a far more exceedingly and eternal weight of glory, while we look not at the things which are seen, but at the things which are not seen. For the things which are seen are temporary or temporal, but the things which are not seen are eternal. Right? It is good. So I can look and say, God, there's something deeper in me than what's around me. There's something greater. There's, there's a deeper thing. It is, it is tempting to go after the shine of the day and get away from the grind of eternity. So that looks shiny. I want to go after it. And as parents, we have to do this with our kids. Get away from that thing. I know it looks shiny, but we ain't got the money to pay for your shiny. Grind out with us. Enjoy this life with us and, and walk with us. So eternity is not about being shiny because shiny dulls under pressure, but the grind can shine when pressure comes. So I've learned how to live by faith and, and live in the very presence of God. Even when things don't look good, I still can believe good. I still can trust God in all of his ways. I, I've got my understanding is from heaven I've got these things that are, that are from heaven, and, and I even notice it whenever I, I make the statement that my wife and I, we're going to be celebrating our 25th wedding anniversary, and all the little girls are like, ah! I'm like, why were you so happy about that? Because my parents didn't make it. So I at least want to celebrate somebody else. And can have a familiar that students, and I'm thinking adults don't either, get to know each other in our introduction, and these, these kids are so rowdy. It's just been one of those weeks, right, in high school group, and they're like, ah, and this one little girl says, I was abused. I say, anybody know that? They go, no. I said, so man, don't just be around somebody. Be about the people you're near. You never know what they're going through. Since I was abused, only way I could get here is they had to hide me. They had to smuggle me here. You see all the other kids who are like, my brand new truck don't have satellite radio. 
that I was abused. What all I need to know? All I need to know now is that someone came after me and rescued me and took care of me. That's what I need to know. That's all I need to know. That's all I'm going to go forward with. And God is saying this to you. Quit talking about your past and quit rehearsing your past and quit rehearsing your strongholds and rehearse the fact that God loves you and saved you anyway. Right? While you were yet sinners, Christ died for you. While you didn't know, Christ died for you. And, and be able to say the thing like Jesus said from the cross, forgive them for they know not what they do. Right? It's tough. That's a tough statement. So now, every time I think about verses, those are, that's one that we know man couldn't have wrote the Bible. Because every one of us have said they knew what they was doing. They knew exactly what they were doing. But God says, Jesus said, forgive them. They don't even know it. And you have to say that too. Forgive them because they didn't know I'd still be struggling with those negative words that they said about me. Forgive them. They didn't know I'd still be struggling with that abuse. Forgive them. They didn't know I'd still be struggling with the fact that they thought I would never make it. Forgive them. They didn't know. He says, so you can move forward. So that old commercial, you can pay for it now about getting your car fixed or pay for it later. And Jesus said, God has already paid for it now so you can have a better later in eternity. So it doesn't even matter. I don't even need to pay for anything now. All I have to do is just trust what's been paid for. I've been bought with a price, therefore I'm going to glorify God in my body. Present yourself a living sacrifice, holy, acceptable unto God as a reasonable service. Be not conformed to this world, but be ye transform by the renewing of your mind. I remember in youth group, I preached a message called Transformers. You have to be creative in youth group. And we have to tell them that you can go from a robot to a truck to a car, and you can go from being a follower of doing wrong into a leader of doing what's right. You can transform. This is a long time ago. It's years ago. So you're searching your mind. But transformers, God is going to turn you into something better than what you came from. Because before you, exist, before you were conceived, you existed. Romans chapter 7, verse 7 through 9, that is, y'all have just given me such a roaring response to this great message of all you need to know and that you're smarter than what you think you are. This will help you on the way to the restaurant when your wife is trying to tell you you're driving or doing it wrong. All I need to know is where we're going. Romans, I'm just going to look down at the deal. Romans chapter 7, verse 7 through 8 says this, What shall we say then? Is the law sin? God forbid. Nay, I had known sin, but by the law, for I had not known lust, except the law had said, Thou shalt not covet. But sin taken occasion by commandment wrought in me all manner of, <laughs> I do not like this word. I failed this word in Bible school, concupiscence. I don't like you. That word, for without the law, sin was dead. For I was alive without the law once, but when the commandment came, sin revived and I died. So I was thinking about what commandment, what are they talking about when it says I was without the law, but then the law came and now I'm, the law is when someone looks at you and say, you just like your daddy, Justice, you're going to have a temper like your daddy. It creates a law that goes into motion and then he starts to have a bad attitude because now someone's told him there's access to it. That's the law. That's the sin. You're going to be a pimp just like your daddy, Tori. You're going to be just like your daddy. You're going to be just like him. You're going to run women. You're going you're to have people murdered. You're going to be just like your daddy. They're trying to set the law into motion. My mom was breaking the law and breaking anybody that tried to speak those things over, especially my twin and I. Breaking the law. However, we saw it when it got to the older siblings and they began to establish that law and they believed that law and they operated by that law. That's when those were the ones that died. They operated in that law. So I didn't even know that that was in me until someone presented that law to me. So again, don't present the law to your children. Present the spirit. 
We've been redeemed from the curse of the law, Philippians 3.13. We've been redeemed. You're not the law of not passing. You're not the law of failure. You're not the law of abuse. You're not the law of abandonment. You're a part of the spirit of God. And the Bible says that, that the spirit is willing when the flesh is weak. So you're not weakened under your flesh. You're alive according to the spirit of God. So we follow after the Spirit, we walk after the Spirit, not after the flesh, according to Galatians 5, 16 and 17. I follow after God. So Eve was caught up in the law of needing to know. And when you need to know something, you'll get more than knowledge. You could get caught up in the law. Yeah, right? I got caught breaking the law on Friday. Coming home, 68 and a 50. I was on the phone with Chris. I said, Chris, I got to go. There's Christmas lights behind me. <laughs> Actually, he was coming this way, so I saw him, and I knew who he wanted. I got off the phone, and I, which it's hands-free, so just so y'all who are going to report my vehicle. And he comes up, and he was really shaky because they'd had a bunch of people run from them in the Houston area. So he comes up to the car like, and I got my hand on the wheel. Like, you need to see everything. We're not moving here, okay? Got to get home to a football game, okay? And he says, sir, um, you know why I pulled you over? Uh, and, you know, smart Alec me wanted to go, because you didn't need a friend. I didn't say it. I, I said, no, sir, I didn't. <laughs> I didn't. I was too tired to be funny. Uh, he says, hey, you're going 68 and a 50. And I was just about to plead my case because where I turned from, there was no speed signs. From where I turned from and where he caught me, there was no speed signs. I was about to start explaining. God says, just be quiet and say, okay, um, my license is in here. Insurance is over there. So here's my license. I'm going to try to go for my, well, I couldn't find my insurance. I could finally outdated one. He says, where are you coming from? Like, why are you on this road? As if he knew something, like, this ain't a road people travel. I'm trying to miss traffic, and I told him where I was coming from. And then God says, tell him what you do. He needs to hear something positive. I said, well, I was working with some elementary kids today. I do a mentoring program and headed home to go, you know, to my son's game. And so here's my insurance. You know, just sorry. You know, he's just... I'm going to give you a warning, but I need to go run your license to make sure that's all I need to give you. <laughs> right? Here, I want to bless you, but let's make sure. <laughs> Let me qualify who I'm blessing because you could be one of them we need to give some jewelry to. And so he, he runs my license. He come back and he says, yeah, here's your warning. Give me a nice piece of paper, shiny piece. I kept it. Like, I want to frame it. Um, and he said, uh, uh, just slow down and thank you for all you do. And I thanked him for all he did. And I drove away because, again, I thought about the law. When you break laws or you are under specific laws or the law of rushing or the law of speeding, you can get caught up in having to pay for things, trying to speed up your children or speed up your marriage or speed up your purpose. You'll get pulled over and it'll cost you more time in the long run. Because now you're trying to rush to get to the ending. When God is saying, if you'll just pace yourself, you've already won this race. You don't have to go any faster. I got you. We're covered. We're good. So Eve was caught up in, in the law of needing to know, but God had already given her knowledge of his spirit to live above the laws around us. How do we live above the laws around us? By submitting to the laws within us. We live in a world with so many laws that they are, to, they are a threat to the redemption we live through Jesus. So if I'm going to live beyond the threat and live in the purpose of God, I cannot get caught up in the laws, right? 
I'm a man. I travel. I have needs. Yeah, I need to go to my hotel room, and I need to go to sleep, and I need to wake up and do my job, and I need to get back to my family. When you hear goofy stuff like that, from, 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 you know, we have all kind of people that we're around when we're traveling. Clay travels and uh, Brad travels. We all travel when we work. We hear some of the dumbest things from people. Oh, well, you know, I've been gone for a week, so they'll understand. I don't think so. No one's going to stand under that. Right? But God is saying, you don't have to be caught up in that law. Submit to the Spirit of God. And, and I'll, I'll get you through this. I'll bring you to the presence of God where there is restoration. I, we love it, too, when people think that we've accomplished all we've accomplished by just sitting around. Like it just came upon us when God has said, no, you have to show them the ability of work ethic. I want to raise, but I don't want to be there on time. I want to be promoted. I just don't want extra responsibility. I want more money. I don't want to stay later. I go in early. Sometimes we want to be promoted spiritually, but we want to stay the same physically and mentally. The law of age, finances, marriage, and popularity have been such an attack against the body of Christ to the point that more Christians are given in to, to fit in. So we see them like, hey, look, I got to be able to be this person or that person. And God is saying, I've redeemed you from the curse of the law. Quit rubbing your nose to get it clean. I've already cleaned it for you. You don't have to fall into that trap. So God fitted us to his spirit, which is custom made for eternity. Custom made. It's like a custom-made suit. If you've ever had a suit handed down to you that was too big for you, but you wore it anyway because it was the suit you had, but then there's this something about a custom-made suit that hangs right, that fits perfectly, where you're custom-made for the spirit and not for the world. The world is going to try to wrap you in garments. It was like Saul trying to give David his armor, and David's like, man, I can't fight with that. I can't fight with that stuff. But there's, a, there's an armor from God that's custom made. There's people we can point to that is fitted for the kingdom of heaven. And God wants to do that. Amen? I want you guys to bow your heads. And we're going to pray for all you need to know. Father, as we pray, we believe you, Lord God. Maybe there's someone out there that wants to know that why something happened, why they're in the place that they're in. And Lord, that you've given them a custom position to realize I've got you right where I need you. I just need you to trust in it. I need you to believe in it. But all my friends around me are doing this. And so, Lord, I, I just thank you for strength to be redeemed. Redeemed from the curse of those laws. The dangerous laws of attraction. The dangerous laws of temptation. The laws of affection, Lord. I just pray in Jesus' name that we come unto the redemptive spirit of God. That said, spirit of God, help me to enjoy what I have. To receive who I am and to believe that my God is able to do through me any and everything that this world thinks I need the, it for. I thank you, Lord Jesus, that my mind now becomes settled. That, Lord God, that any stronghold that was in my mind trying to make me feel like I was defeated, like I didn't make enough or like I didn't do enough, I come against that law that the Spirit of God raises me up. Say, God, I am enough. I am enough with you, Lord Jesus. 
I don't need to go out and prove myself to anyone. Right now, I need you to cancel auditions. A lot of you have been auditioning for people to like you and auditioning for things to accept you. The audition has been canceled. I'm no longer, if you can't accept me exactly how I am, that audition has been canceled. God has told me and put me in a place that I've already been received and accepted. God has blessed this time and blessed me for such a time as this to walk in his presence. Father, we just thank you for redeeming us from the curse of the law. I want to break any form of shame or failure that is upon anyone in this room. I just just pray. I'm not asking for a show of hands. I just pray the breaking of it. Because shame has set up laws to make you believe that you're never going to be any better than being a mistake. And the devil's a liar. That is not the truth. God has delivered you and set you free. Enjoy your freedom. Enjoy your freedom. And as your heads are bowed, your eyes are closed, you're praying. Father, we just thank you. If anyone in here and then saying, I don't know Jesus, I've never accepted Christ uh, openly as my Lord and Savior. I don't know where I'm going to spend eternity. I want to be sure of that. I don't want to guess at that. As heads are bowed, eyes are closed, I just want you to raise your hand and put it down. We just want to pray with you. Thank you. Thank you. We're in the house. Thank you, Jesus. Now, you're in here and saying, I'm saved, but I seem to be caught up by certain laws of this world of trying to fit in trying to look in, trying to be something that I'm really not, and I just seem to be caught up trying to do that, and, and I just want to be freedom. I just want the freedom to just accept what God has called me and walk in who God says I am and be good with that, to know what I know. If that's you, I want you just to lift your hand. We just want to pray over you. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Just know what I know. Lord Jesus, I thank you. And those who lifted their hands say, I just need to know what I know. I'm tired of comparing myself to other people. Tired of comparing myself to other things. Tired of trying to generate my energy and my strength from things that are not godly. Lord, you've got all the strength I need. You've got all the energy I need. You've got it all. I just submit to you. I thank you, Lord God, for canceling all of those auditions for me things that I get myself caught up in trying to compete with. I am plenty for the kingdom of heaven. I am plenty for my family. I am plenty for my life because you've made me all that I need. I live in the fullness of God. And I thank you, Lord Jesus. I no longer have to keep up with the Joneses. And I can stand in a place and say, my God has delivered me right in this place to do his will for his purpose. I'm going to raise my kids right here. I'm going to raise my standards right here, and I'm going to live high in the very presence of God. I'm going to walk by faith and not by sight and deliver what God has called me to deliver. Thank you, Lord God, for changing what we see, that we see what you've called us to see. In Jesus' name, everybody say amen, amen.